0: Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments Podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. Hi Rhonda. Hi Lori. How are you doing today? I'm
1: great. Yeah. Love podcasting. Again we say this every time but we really get excited. We love being together. We love so, being with everyone listening too.
0: Totally. It. it is like having a coffee with a whole bunch of friends. It is. It's a big great. conversation. We love it. We wish we could hear all of your feedback and your comments on these conversations but we do. We, we so thank you for listening.
1: We do. And we so love the feedback. Thank yeah. you for those that take the time yeah. to call. We've had telephone calls yeah. and emails and it really does touch our heart because as we've said in the podcast, this is this is new for us. We're yes. just doing this and putting ourselves out there and we really appreciate just the thoughts and just the feedback. So thank you to everyone that's kind yeah. of reached out.
0: Yeah. Well, we've been talking a lot about generosity. Um, We're reading through Robert Morris' book, Beyond Blessed, and yeah, just talking a lot about generosity and really bottom line is that God is the owner of all things do you actually believe that do you actually believe that God is the owner of all things because we see in the Bible that that God says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it all the people all the things in the earth belong to the Lord do you actually believe that and if you did how would that change what you do with a hundred percent of what you have whether that's your money whether that's even your body and your your you know yourself or your gifts your talent your time, all of those things. And so as part of just our own family journey of stretching ourselves in the area of generosity, as a family, we decided to practice frugality month. Now we've done this before as a family. And um, so what that is, is frugality is actually a spiritual discipline. It's one one of many, there's probably like about 10 or 20 different uh, spiritual disciplines that you can practice. Frugality is one that we don't talk a lot about, but as a family, we decided that for one month, we were going to do absolutely no extra spending at all. So like obviously food, our immediate needs, food and drinks and, you know, things that you absolutely need. Um, You know, even if you need shampoo or if you need like things you need, um, that's fine, but nothing extra, no Starbucks runs, no eating out, no extra treats, no shopping at all whatsoever. So we've been practicing Frugality Month as a family, and for Jay and I, we kind of love it because you know we save a lot of money <laughs> a lot of money with
1: kids <laughs> yeah
0: but our kids hate it i mean like i sh- i shouldn't say that they hate it they're 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 fine they they get on board but yes there is a lot of complaining and so one of the weeks over over frugality month um one of my daughters had a dance at school and it was a semi formal and so she sends me a text during the week oh mom i have nothing to wear to my semi formal and so i was like oh honey that's too bad like they're it's frugality month like Like, you know, we're going to have to figure something out. And she's like, oh, and, and she was fine with it. Like she accepted that. But, you know, it was a couple of days of panic as she's trying to find one of her, the 10 dresses she has in her closet
1: <laughs> you re-wear. know, that she has
0: to rewear. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, it, it's a funny, like, it's a funny thing. And and another day I was at, uh, you know, the, the drugstore and I was just picking up something um, that we needed for the family and I wanted a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So I went to the freezer and I grabbed it and I looked at it and I was like, do I need this? And I'm like, no, I don't. This is, this is not a need. This is just a want and an extra. So I put it back. And I was just like, no, like this is frugality month. I want to, I want to, you know, practice this. And so I put it back. And you know what? You just realize you need a way, a lot less than what we actually so true. buy for ourselves, do for ourselves. Like if you cut it down to what you actually need. Like, oh my goodness, we would save so much money. (laughs) So true. So true. So the point of Frugality Month is that, you know, you take the money that you save and it gives you this ability, this fund to be able to bless people. And to be able to, you know, sew into something you believe in or bless people secretly. And so so we're excited to be able to take what we've learned and, and take what we've saved and be able to bless people. So,
1: Well, I want to say, now that you've brought up Frugality Month, Jay is really excited about doing a Frugality <laughs> Month. And I said, listen, we're coming up to uh, Christmas. We're not doing any frugality Sorry. now. So we're going to have to wait.
0: Great. Oh, thanks a lot, eh? Thanks a lot, Lori. <laughs> Sorry, friend. No, it's good. It's, it's actually, so good. It is actually really good. No, it
1: is good. Because yeah. it does prior like it prioritizes once again, makes you realize how many things you just spend or do that you don't really need. And you it's a good really reminder. Need. And then to be generous to sacrifice, to be generous. That's important too. It kind of teaches that sacrifice that yeah. we don't not everyone you know, some people naturally, that's the lives that they live. But when you have that little extra, you don't often force that sacrifice. And so yeah. it is a good way of practicing that too, to give. Yes. When you don't have I mean, we're talking I know it's like I don't want to sound frivolous in this because I know for some it's like even just making the bills. Is mm-hmm, such a, mm-hmm. You know, it's difficult. But when yep. you have that extra to practice, sacrifice is very healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, good reminder. Yeah, for yeah. sure,
0: for sure. I remember uh, one of the questions that came up over uh, as we as we've been studying the topic of generosity was, um, "How do you know if you're generous?" Mm. Because everybody. I, I mean, I don't know if everybody thinks they're generous. Maybe some people know they're not generous. I don't know. But there's this idea that, you know, I think if we're, if, we're pr- if we're trying to be generous people, then we might think we are generous people. But how do you really know if you're actually generous or not? Or if I personalize the question, do you think you're a generous person?
1: Oh, wow. That's a hard question. <laughs> because in some areas, yes. In some areas, no. Okay. Like, I don't, I, I'm not generous in every single area. Okay. And okay. Jay and I do differ in our generosity too. Okay. Okay. You know? So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what, like, what would be like, I mean, I don't want you to be like patting yourself on the back. Like, I am so <laughs> generous in like all these exactly ways. what I was going to do. Wow. But no. like, what would be some differences yeah, yeah. in the way okay. that you like to be generous? Like you and Jay, let's okay, just contrast. For
1: example, okay. I love hospitality and I love, so I love having people over for dinner, love like when they do come over. To do nice meals and even, you know, just all of that. Special things. Special things.
0: Added special things.
1: Absolutely. So that would be generous. Like if we had a a party or pool party, I would want to do all this extra stuff that we normally wouldn't do for dinner. And even for the the guests, like cool things, you know, games buy game. I'd love to do that kind of stuff to Mm -hmm. create an environment. Okay. So the generosity would be through hospitality and environment. I love that. Okay. Jay is way quicker at signing like a check. Like he okay. would rather give money. He loves to be hospital. Don't get me okay. wrong, but he would much more prefer as well to just write money. Whereas I'm like, I'll, he always jokes that I cut the money in half. Every time he'll tell me an amount and be like, cut that in half.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh interesting. Because he doesn't th-
1: th- th- this is just being yeah. honest, but he doesn't buy all the groceries or write oh. all the kids. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like birthday for sure. birthday yeah. parties. I feel yeah. like I'm really generous. To all of my my um, <laughs> my friends that aren't my friends, my children's friends. I'm extremely generous. But the amount of birthday parties, he's not seeing all that. So part of me is like, that's fine to be doing that, Jay. But we're also extremely generous. And I think I'm very generous with my time, too. I feel like I'm very generous with people, with time, with, um, with that. Now... How about you before I go on to the next one? Because there's a whole other topic on that, but how where do you feel like you're generous?
0: You know what? Honestly, it it is a really hard question to answer because it feels like, uh, like I, I feel like I can think about ways I'd like to be more generous than to be like, yeah, I think these things are generous things. Um... Oh, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's tough. T- it's tough to say. I, I would say that I don't like, I'm okay with giving money to things I believe in. If I feel like God has laid that on my heart or laid that on Jay's heart. Like it's like, I don't, um, yeah, I, I don't. And, and because uh, Jason and I in the last about five or six years have, uh, Through God's grace, really become really good stewards. We've 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 learned to really steward what we have well, better than ever before in our life. There's actually the means to be able to bless as God leads us to do that. So it doesn't feel um, like I'm taking from something else in order to do it. Uh, So and that I like that blessed to be a blessing. I do feel like we are blessed to be a blessing, and I'm thankful for that. Um, But I, I guess if I just look at our life, like we're definitely, I mean, my, my table has different people, you know, at it every, pretty much every day of the week. So generous in that way with anybody is welcome in the house. Um, You know, the kids, friends, we feed people on a daily basis. Um, you know, we bring a little girl from Belarus in for the summer. So for the last six summers, you know, just having her in our home and giving her everything we would give to our children and just, you know, and then really blessing her to go home with for, to provide for her family. And then throughout the year, we do things uh, with her as well. Um, of course, tithing. Um, mm-hmm, you know, I, absolutely. I, I feel like, again, tithing doesn't make me feel like a generous person, mm-hmm. although to to the culture, it would seem like we're generous, but I believe like in the standard of the kingdom, like God asks for a hundred percent. You know, ten percent is just the tithe, the first fruit, and so we're definitely faithful in that, and really believe in that as a practice. But with the hundred, with the ninety left over after the tithe, like how much of that, you know, do I really let God have? It's hard. It's hard to say. So yes, I definitely think we're generous in a lot of ways. And we work really hard not to let money like rule rule Mm -hmm. us or hold us back from doing things we feel like God's asking us to do. But we are also in an incredibly expensive season of life with our kids going to post-secondary education and um, driving and just all like just it's another level. I I can't even, I can't even believe it. So yeah, it's just interesting balancing all that.
1: It is. And like the tithe, I love that we've been very open talking about the tithe during this generosity season. Tithe is 10% 10% of your income that goes back to God. Yeah. And it's like, all of it is God's. I love that beyond blessed is true. It's all God's. Yeah. But that 10% is Like he has asked for that specifically and then us to steward the rest, but this is actually to be brought Mm -hmm. into the church. And Mm -hmm. so I, we 100% agree with that too. I think tithing is the start point. It's Mm -hmm. not, that's not the ultimate generosity where Mm -hmm. now that's just what God's asked us. That's a command. Like he's Mm -hmm. asked us to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's the start point of how then do we then do the 90% right, and it's helped us. Yeah. So I agree 100% with that, but it is interesting when you think of generosity, how you define it and how even as couples or as you could just see things so different of how you're generous and working together on that generosity. But, um, yeah, but that's an interesting thing. Then it's like, where are you not generous?
0: Right, right, right. Or where, when this idea of generosity touches something, are you like, uh, like, Oh, like, and you're, you know, struggling with that or struggling, you know, I think of, like, I think of this whole area of generosity and, you know, God has kind of been talking to me over the last season of my life, like several months now about... Just this idea of scarcity and this idea of lack, not specifically around the area of finances particularly, but just in general. Like, where do I actually hold back on either asking God for for certain things, asking him to do certain things, because I actually believe that there's a limited amount of what he can give? You know, I've, I've heard this analogy before that some people think of God like he has a pie worth of... Um, things to give us. And so as someone takes a piece of the pie, there's only so many pieces left of the pie and and that it, there's literally a limited resource that he has to give us whether we need peace or whether we need freedom or we need more love or we need something. It's like we're taking a piece of this pie that that has, you know, a limited amount of resource and I just I've just been thinking about like where where have I had a limiting mindset about God? And where have I allowed scarcity and lack to kind of infiltrate into my heart and into my life? And as the Lord's been putting his finger on different insecurities in my life, um, I feel like my own insecurities, my own ways of thinking that I'm not enough, that I don't have what it takes, that I am inadequate to step into A, B, C, or D, whatever it is, as I dwell on thoughts like that, I feel like it's a reflection of my own scarcity mindset about what's possible in God. Like It's like God is showing me that, that holding on or dwelling on that insecurity or that insufficiency is literally scarcity at work in my life, that somehow God is insufficient for me. Mm, and powerful. Yeah. And so so it's, it's kind of wrecking me. And so as we've been um, processing all of this stuff on generosity and all, you know, I've been I've been asking God to okay, let it go past money cuz I feel like money is like it's like the shallow the most shallow layer of generosity. I feel like there's a spiritual place of operating in the fullness of what is possible in God that like I I don't I don't think I have corner on it yet. Like I think there is a depth that God wants to reveal to me about his abundance and about what is possible and what what he's capable of that I haven't really fully realized in my life.
1: That is really powerful. It is true. Money is just the surface part. It's what triggers underneath. We've said that before too. We've talked often about that, but that is really not about the money. It's about what is underneath the money, how God is using the money to get a hold of something else. And it's true cuz in our lives when you think of generosity, you know, God wants us to steward he it's all of his. It's all of his. Not just our money, but our giftings, our lives, even our time. Yep. And that is I agree with the same thing. I feel like God's putting his finger on definitely money brings up different things, different conversations, but if I was to go much deeper than that, you know, even my time. How I'm yeah. like this is my damn time. This is my time and God's like When, when has it ever been your time? Wow! You've been bought with your price. Your life is not your own. That's a scripture I, I, have heard over and over these past couple of years in my, in my heart and my mind. And I feel like right now God is asking me to be generous with my time with him and the word of God, like staying the word and giving up things that before I'd be like, there's nothing wrong with them. But that was always like my time. This is my downtime. This is my vegging and not say we don't have fun or have a balanced life, but How I view even my time, how we view our giftings, how we view all of it, our relationships. It's really all God's, it's all God's. Money is symbolic of what we do with generosity to reflect what we're doing with the internal. It's an external reflection of what we're doing internally with generosity.
0: Totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's just the beginning. And, And so it makes me think about, you know, where am I withholding anything? like anything that is good, anything that comes from God, anything that God has already given me, where in my life am I withholding? Maybe maybe because I believe that there's only a limited resource uh, to, to pour out. And, you know, one of the things that that I that I don't again I I feel like I'm a bit in the process of this so it, it there's not a there's there's not a an end to the testimony yet but I'm in I'm in it with God but I do feel like there's this space of um whether it is time or energy or intimacy so all three of those um specifically in my marriage like I can be when I'm when I'm busy or tired or stressed, I can actually withhold the gift of presence, the gift of um, intimacy, the time it takes to kind of get through the busy chatter to the meaningful space in my marriage, in my relationship, and so that's another thing i think that god is just putting his finger on to say there's more here that you're that you're missing and and i really do think that it's connected to somehow my my limited view of god the resource of god's love to my life the resource of god's ability to fill me up the trust that he's going to and ultimately i do think it comes down to trust it comes down to trusting him with everything, entrusting everything I have to him. And, um, and it's a little scary. It's a little bit scary to think about some of those places that I still want to kind of hold on to manage myself, hold and, and try to try to figure out, you know, I'm going to put a little here and I'm going to put a little here and I'm going to give a little here where I, I, I just feel God saying, no, like, I want you to lay it all, lay it all down to me. And let me lead, let me lead your life. Let me lead your time. Let me lead your intimacy. Let me lead each part of your life. Let me own it, mm. <laughs> you know, and I still, you know, want to pick it up and get these things done first. And, you know, and so so that, that principle of um, generosity when it comes to money, that principle of first fruits, you know, I yeah, I think there's, there's a principle there that I think God wants me to run through all, all the areas of my life to steward well. Mm -hmm. So we've learned how to steward our finances incredibly well. And I'm so, so thankful. And I do think it's a stewardship issue because it's a trust issue.
1: Yeah, it is a trust issue. You know, talking about frugality month when you guys were, you know, when you were just bringing that up, I just think, imagine if, you know, Maybe this is probably we're both in the same vein. You know, finances is one thing that we feel like we're doing well. And thank you, Jesus, for helping us and giving us the means to be able to do that. We want to acknowledge that that's a blessing of God. I I wonder if we saw even our time as we took frugality months. How, many, how much time do we waste? How much, like even for intimacy, like you said, what what do we actually waste that we're not even aware of yeah if you were to take all the extras the distractions out and put back on the table the bare bones of what really would help you thrive the needs of your family like you would do with your finances what would your family look like after a month
0: whoa whoa just
1: thinking about that when you were sharing that i thought there's frugality of finances but what about frugality
0: of time of time and spending time and on the most important things only. Yes, the things that matter, the things that produce life, the only. things that you
1: need. Like really, that. So I've just been. Whoa. As you just said that, I think we're both happening the same thing. It's like that intimacy, the presence, time with God, with family. Yeah. Those are things that we waste. Wow. If we viewed it like money, time like money.
0: Right. Right. So just kind of that thinking we squander. About that we squander. We squander it. We're not steward. Wow. Yeah. That, well, there you go. There you go. Maybe the next month can be a frugality of time month. Oh my goodness. That would be intense. That would be, that's actually kind of intense when you think about it.
1: That's a pretty intense one outside of like relational, like face to face. What would that look like if like, we talked about social media and stuff, but what if you? It was all yeah. those extras. Right? Yeah, you
0: gave up all your entertainment. Any yeah. time you spent on entertainment, and you focused. Any time on you spent on well, just wait, just wasted wasted time, wasted, wasted time. time. Yeah. Wow.
1: That would be quite something. I think I spend a lot of wasted time on chores, so I wonder if that could be my <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. No, I'm just joking. That's a need. That's a need definitely. That's
0: yes. so but good. I, I,
1: I wonder if that's something that maybe. We can talk about, maybe we can try that, Lori. Maybe I say that out loud. I probably have to just, because I think it's something as a family, if you decide to do together, I'm just entertaining that in my mind as we're coming, you know, we have 21 day fast, we have different things. What would that look like to say we are actually fasting excess of time, like the leisure, wasted time. That would be it. The wasted time. And we got right back down what are the most necessity things, like the needs of a family and needs of a couple. What would that look like over 21 days? What would that look like? And so that's a really neat thing to think about. Like
0: My kids, like I I know that off the top, like my kids would love that. Mm, Like they would love like more prioritized time with them. I mean, we, we do spend like a fair amount of time together and having great chats, but to be more intentional with that, they would love that. They would love that. Yeah. Like that, you know, I mean, I mean, if I took all social media away from them, they'd be, they'd be like, all right, mom, let's hang out every night. But, but yeah, like it, it. That's, that's really good. That's really good. I know really good. Playing I like board that. games. Being, yeah. Whenever it may be. No, no, no. But, but you're but just together, quality, the presence. Yeah. The quality, more, more, quality time.
1: More intentional conversation. More, you know, I just, I think that would be a really neat thing to, mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. try. So anyways,
0: I think I might, if, if, if I did that, I probably could write my book. Or you could. <laughs> I'd have enough time to write my book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's true. You, it's true. The, we complain. I, it's my number one complaint in life. I never have enough time. And I know it's not that I don't have enough time. So that's good. That that's bringing like. some conviction there. I like I know, it. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's really good. And then we
1: were talking about lack. I was just thinking about how, in my life, I love how you were talking about trust. It does come down to trust. And I would feel for lack in myself would be the, very similar. I'm not trying to be the ditto. <laughs> like, here's a podcast. I'm like, ditto. Me too. No, <laughs> this is not what I'm saying. But I feel for myself, some of the things. I feel like God is able to do in my life. Some of the dreams I feel even in my prayer time, God revealing to me and lifting the lid in and saying like, I want you to believe for this supernaturally. I want you to press into this area. I do feel myself withholding at times and I don't feel sufficient in it because I feel like I'm not good at that. Mm. God, why would you ask me to do that? Or I can't Hmm. do that. Hmm. And I'm withholding. And there's a lack in me to think, like you said, God is not big enough to take my little fish and wow. my loaves of bread and multiply it, and what what does it matter what the outcome is? What does it matter? What why am I not doing that? But there is a lack in me wow. that I'll stick to what's comfortable, and when God starts to enlarge that, unless I'm forced into it, right, I won't necessarily put myself out there, right, for fear of failure, and that comes right down to a lack of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not so God's not sufficient enough if I'm. It right comes back to pride. It's really comes back to pride. So my lack would be in my acknowledgement that God is bigger than my weakness or bigger than my insecurities, bigger than where I don't feel I'm competent. God is
0: sufficient. Wow. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally, totally agree. As I think about this idea of withholding, uh, this thought crossed my mind about people who maybe we feel like don't deserve Um, Mm. our, whatever, our, our love, our kindness, our generosity, our great graciousness, our time, um, our investment, um, maybe people where there's a bit of a strained relationship, maybe it's, you know, family members, family can be complicated. Family can be, you know, uh, yeah. What thoughts come to mind as you think about this idea of withholding when it comes to people who, again, excuses well they don't deserve or you know it's it's not I I don't value them enough to to be generous like generosity is not just for people we love and people we like like this idea it this idea of love your enemies it's literally I mean I'm not talking about being a doormat but I There there can't be, we we can't put conditions on, you know, what God's asked us to do. But would we even be open to God saying, listen, I want you to go and spend time with, you know, we should take an afternoon and and invest in this person, this person who's hurt you or betrayed you or said something, you know, negative about you or been nothing but (laughs) a handful or, you know, like it's, do we withhold there? Oh, wow. That's a really big one.
1: That would be, I think, something I would probably not be generous in. And I would definitely withhold. If I've been hurt or if I feel that... You know, I'm, I'm a more guarded person to begin with, with my, my own feelings and emotions. So if I feel like someone... I'd have to let in that I don't maybe feel it's I can trust safe. or it's not yeah. safe. Yeah. That'd be very difficult. Now, we're not like you said, we're not talking about a doormat or letting all your, no, know, no, no, the time no, but yeah, to feel like yeah. that's something I'd want to do with my yeah. time. Yeah. I would have been guilty of not being as yeah. generous with that and withholding. Absolutely. Hmm. I hmm. have been guilty of that. Mm-hmm. And a couple of relationships I've been able to acknowledge that and recognize it. And, Tried to grow in that. Right, right. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. That is something I can look back and say, yeah, I've definitely experienced that where I withhold love or praise or attention and really knowing I'm withholding it too. Right
0: you know, yeah, it's a little bit of a power play.
1: It is a power play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, For sure. For sure. Yeah. I can definitely identify with that too. But I think what's important, like when I think about that and when I think about people listening, that might be in, in difficult situations. Like I don't, I don't necessarily think that, um, it is about, whether someone deserves or doesn't deserve. But I do think it is about obedience. Mm-hmm. If 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 we feel that God is asking us to do something despite whether a person deserves that or not, that's when I think we need to respond. We need to be generous and trust God that the outcome may not be what we think it's going to be, but um, just that we do it, that we are obedient. I don't think it is that we need to be in close relationship or close proximity with people who have hurt us. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying like it's so easy to shut out and reject, even just in our own hearts. We don't even have to say the words, I reject you, but in our own hearts, in our own attention, we withhold and we shut out people who we just feel like are undeserving, undeserving of like what we have to bring or what we have to offer. And I I do think in in this whole this whole idea that everything belongs to God, then there are going to come times where we actually have to lean into a space of generosity um, where it's not about that person at all. It is just about our obedience. But that's hard. That's really, really hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah, for hard sure. Because,
1: yeah, because, and the reality is you don't mesh with every single person. Yeah. That's the reality. Like chemistry is chemistry. For you know? sure. But for sure. But like you said, it's about the obedience and about sometimes the hurt has come because you just see things so differently. It's not even because yeah. anything major has happened. You just, right. it's not a natural, it's a friendship yeah. that just may be difficult. It's right. just you're right. so different. And yeah. just even having yeah. a conversation can be difficult. Yeah. But realizing, like you said, like it's keeping our hearts open. Right. And like you said, it may not be something that's happened that that would be a, a much more obvious thing that you'd have to kind of work through and to say, okay, but it might be subtle where you just maybe have just not gotten along with someone or not connected with someone and to be open to say, okay, God, like mm-hmm. keep my heart. Don't let me just say, well, that's not, I've done that. You've been like, oh, well, we just totally don't connect. That's not going to be a friendship. I, I, that, that's it. But to leave your heart open and to follow God's spirit and, yeah. uh, and to extend grace and love. Because, un-
0: because forgiveness, even in itself, like for people who have hurt us like that, that is the ultimate yes. of generosity. Yes, it is. Like forgiving someone who's hurt you really is the fullness of generosity, you know, and it is something that God asks of us because he wants us to be free. It's not about what that person has done. It's not about them at all. Actually, it's so that that, pain doesn't have power over us anymore. But, but forgiveness is a very, very generous act, one that God has given us and one that he asks of us too. That can be really, really hard.
1: Oh, so hard. And especially when, you know, the one that you're forgiving is not reciprocating (laughs) (laughs) the same, the same forgiveness back. Like you're asking for forgiveness and there's no ownership or there's No. no responsibility. No. I think that's where I would find I find would find it very hard or have found it hard in the past to be like, "Oh yeah, well you don't even deserve those words I just said to you." <laughs> Like, you're not even, like, taking it. You're not owning how you've hurt me. Yeah. Do you not see that yeah. I'm still a person? Yeah. But that's actually, like you're saying, it's not about that. That is yeah. the ultimate form of generosity, like what Jesus did. He gave, yeah. knowing that so many would reject. Yeah. It has nothing to do with their response. It has to do with what God is asking us to do. And us aligning to scripture and being, you know, led by the Holy Spirit. So that, but that would be, those are difficult situations.
0: Now, what do you think about the verse that talks about, you know, you cannot serve two masters, you cannot serve both God and money, or, you know, it's referred to as mammon, you know, the world, the world system. Um, You know, I might even say you cannot serve both God and self, you know, what do you, what do you think about that?
1: Oh boy. I identify with that. I can see that. I have an example. Okay. When I was, when I was working in finance, I had a a boss that I deeply admired and respected. And, you know, I was offered, you know, to move forward as a manager and to kind of whatever promotion. And so I remember meeting with him and thinking, if I say no, because I'm sensing to go back into ministry, this boss is going to think I'm crazy. He's going to literally say, this is the craziest thing. And this was obviously not in a Christian environment. So I was like, how am I even going to phrase this? And I just feel like this opportunity is so great. I can't even imagine what he's thinking. But previous to this conversation, I knew the promotion was, I knew this was coming and I was wrestling with it, obeying God. When I felt God, the path he was leading me on and where I felt path my career was leading me on I was Mm. hitting a fork in the road and I was wrestling with it it wasn't like I was like yes Jesus I'll follow you oh no I was wrestling with where the world path was going to take me as Mm. far as prestige and money and recognition I wanted that it was something that I really wanted and I was wrestling with God about it because I felt that call to really leave that. And this is me talking personally into going to full-time ministry again. And I was sitting in my backyard and I just felt like God say very clearly to me, and this would be an example to me of money and God. Okay. Okay. It wasn't about the promotion being wrong. It wasn't about any of those thing, but God was asking me to obey. Okay. And I was struggling with my step of obedience. And I felt God just say in my heart, Would you rather be... Okay, this is just to me, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not the Bible or anything, but (laughs) who are you going to serve, right? Who are you going to serve? Like, would you rather be a loser to this boss on earth and be a winner to me when you stand before me? Or would you rather be a winner to me and look in the world like craziness into this boss? And that to me was the example of will I serve money? Will I serve career? Will I serve the earthly institution or ultimately serve God? And my path was asking me to do something that was contrary to really what my money all those things were going to be but that was that fork so choosing God and choosing money it's not that money is bad but had I chosen the earthly institution over what God was asking that I knew God was asking that is where I could not have served two masters I was denying one to serve the other Mm. and so I think when it comes down to obedience Mm. that's where that what are you serving and if God's asking you to take a leap of faith Mm -hmm. and you've prayed on it and you know you know, that, you know, it's been confirmed. You've prayed, you, wait. you just, I knew it deep down what God was asking me to do. And one was like a master and it was in the form of a boss and the opportunities and the money that would come. And the other was like going into ministry and leaving that behind for this season of my life. And so that would be an illustration for me. That'd be very vivid. Of where I felt a fork in the road. Like there's
0: lots of subtle times where we, right, can, right. you know, but that, yeah. Does anything identify yeah. with you at that? Laurie, that's, that's really interesting. I actually have a follow-up question for you. You don't have to answer if you don't okay, want to, sure, but, sure. but I like, do you feel like if you would have chosen the money side in that equation of how you kind of, you know, saw that fork in the road, if you would have chosen, do you feel like it would have been your master? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. So for you in that choice, that, that was going to rule you.
1: It was going to rule me. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful for Jay in that season because, you know, when you're at a certain place in your income and you're like, I'm walking away from this, I'm walking away from this opportunity to have a spouse be like, listen, the voice of God, if you, if we don't obey the voice of God, this is like, this is going to lead to nothing but wow, like hardship. This is, right. yeah, you might right. have money, but what's money? Okay. Like riches are not just in money. Right. Peace like your relationship, intimacy, joy, all of the things, our marriage, I really believe firmly that I would have paid consequences. I know that I would have because it was a real fork. I knew it was a fork in the road. And that was exactly where in different terminologies, I felt God saying, are you going to choose money Wow! and prestige? You're going to choose my voice Wow! because one day you're going to stand before me. We're going to stand before the Lord Mm -hmm. and give an account for these choices that we've made. Some are milestone choices like that. Yeah. But on daily basis, not to minimize the daily steps of obedience that God yeah. is asking. I don't always have these big forks every day. No, I would no, hope not. No, no, no. But every day there are those small forks in character. Yeah. That God's
0: like, what are you going to choose here? What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? And so, yeah. the oh, money, wow. yeah. Wow that that's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah I, I had a I had a moment like that too in my life. And um, there was a time in my twenties when um, I had actually for for a number of years I had regretted not going to university to study psychology. And I, um, I I went to school and I studied social work. And I just it it kind of stirred this desire. I knew I would always be in kind of a helping people field. And um, once I uh, finished. My education, I re- I it gave me a confidence that actually, if I wanted to do, if I wanted to go back to school and do some more schooling, and do uh, psychology and and maybe become a therapist, have my own practice, I-, I could do it if I wanted to. Like I actually had confidence, whereas before I didn't have the confidence to do that, and so this confidence kind of gave me like a boost of, like I should do this, I should do this, and it, there was several years that I, I more lived in regret of not doing it, but. Uh, it just started to fuel this. I could do it now. It's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. And I remember praying on this and asking God and asking God for the timing and I literally was sitting by the phone and I had looked up the phone number to call and to start because I'd met with someone and she she said, just take one course. Like if you can't go to school full time in this time, I think I had young children at the time. And she said, if you can't take, uh, uh, like if you can't go full time, just start with one course, even if it takes you 10 years. So what? like, so what? Do it. And I was like, that is such a good idea. I- I'm going to do that. So I literally was like getting ready to call to find out what do I need to do to sign up for a course to work towards this. And just before I did, I I sat down and I said, I, I laid it before the Lord and I said, God, like I- I'm finally ready to do this. I-, 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 I can do this. I know I can do this. And I, I know I- I'll be good at it. Um, like, is this what you have for me? Is this, is, 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 do- Like, do I have your blessing to do this? And so I just sat for a little bit and I waited and, and God speaks to me this way all the time. When I, when I ask him a specific question all the time, not, not like every day or anything, but when I have a life, a burning life question um, I open up his word. I open up the scriptures because I believe with all of my heart that the Bible is actually the way that God wants to speak directly to mm-hmm. our lives. It's personal. Yes, yes. It's real. And I, I opened up the Bible and, um, often what God wants to say to me is exactly where I'm reading at the time. It's not even that I, ha- I don't have to play Russian roulette with the Bible or anything and pick some <laughs> random scripture. I just opened it up. And I was reading in Acts and I came across the story of the seven sons of Sceva. And it said, um, so so this story, <laughs> this is it's a crazy story, but it talked about um, the seven sons of Sceva tried to buy the anointing. And um, and so and so as I as I read it, and and Peter had chastised them, said, You cannot buy what God freely gives. You cannot buy the anointing. They wanted to buy the anointing. And um, I might be mixing up the story actually. Anyways, it was the story about the guy who wanted to buy the anointing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as I read it, I felt like God, like I just felt a whisper on my heart that said, I don't want you to do anything that will make you think that what I'm doing through your life has come from you. Mm -hmm. I do not want you to buy it through education. I do not want you to earn it through study. I want to do what I want to do so you know that it is only me that has done it. Uh, There is nothing that you could have done in your own power. And I really felt genuine, genuine conviction. And I felt like God said, this isn't the path I have for you. This is not the path I have for you. And, And I had to lay it down and I had to grieve that. But in that moment, in that moment, because that was years of kind of wrestling through, I want to do this, I want to do this. I think I can do this. I, I'm gonna do this. And in that moment, like as soon as God said, you know, this is this is not what I have for you, this is not the path I have for you. Um, uh, I, I, okay, okay. And I laid it down and I never thought about it again. I never I never tried to pick it up again and do it myself again. But I agree with you that I, I think the reason is is because that pathway, would have led me away from the purposes that God had ordained for my life mm-hmm. and and it's not that that would have been bad and it's and it's not that God couldn't have even used me as I entered into that that's it, i don't think it's that at all but i felt very strongly that that was not how God wanted to use my life and so and that i was to lay that down so again we do we come to these places in our life where you know And those are big ones. Those are altering, right? They alter, kind of alter the course of our life. But I agree every single day, there's these small ways that God is saying, are you going to serve me? Or are you going to serve that? Are you going to serve yourself? Are you going to serve the world? Are you going to serve culture? Are you going to serve money? Choose this day, choose this day who you will serve. And Mm -hmm. it's a fresh decision that we get to make every single day, every day. Mm-hmm. That's a
1: powerful story. Mm-hmm. And the neat thing is you can't compare your story to someone else because for some, it might be, I'm asking you to take the step to go to school or I'm asking you to take this yeah. promotion because I want to use you as influence. Yeah. But we have to know the word of God. Yeah. So we hear the voice of God. Yes. So we know that we're following the path that God has ordained for us. Once again, back to comparison, we cannot compare yes. our journey, but we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to show us our unique purpose in yes. Christ and our unique path step-by-step. Step. Yes. But daily that comes from those decisions because we can't just make those decisions and not spend time. We can make them, but spending time in the word every day, making those little fork in the road decisions every day to respond to the spirit of God helps in those big those big steps to be able to say, I know this voice. I know my shepherd's voice. I know it. And I know I have full confidence because yeah. that is built on a daily basis, that confident trust in God and hearing his voice. But we need to respond to those little forks every day.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, that that's so good. And I hope that you who are listening today hear the question over your life, who will you serve? Yes. Are you going to serve God? Or are you going to serve the way of the world? Are you going to serve God? Or are you going to serve yourself? Hear that question, not specifically the way that both Rhonda and I chose what we chose or what God asked us to choose, but what is God asking of you in this season? What is your obedient step? I love that because I, I, I think too, for, for each one of us, it is different. It is unique. It is around different things, but if we're willing to lay it down, so often god will give us more than we could have ever imagined in ways that we could never have made happen on our own and so the journey is worth the sacrifice mm. what feels like a great sacrifice in the moment i mean you had to lay down like literal actual money like i didn't i just had to lay down maybe future money yeah for sure <laughs> maybe for being sure. rich in the future but but you had to lay down actual money that was right At your hands, you know, and and that sacrifice, though, is is so worth it because God will do far beyond what we could ever do in our own strength. And I know that God will do that for each one of you, too. Yes, he will. So so good. Wow. Well, that was a uh, that was a good conversation today. It was a good yeah, conversation. that's touching. Definitely on some things in my life that I I can tell I have a little bit more work to do. Me too. Yeah, but I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for the grace of God that keeps leading me to a place of repentance, and keeps leading me to a place of laying down the ways that I want to go my own way. Yes, because they don't produce the life that I think that God wants to give us in the true abundance. I want to lead a life without lack and without scarcity. Yes. I don't want to view God through my own lens of scarcity. Yeah, I want to see him in the fullness of who he is and what that means for my life. Oh, I echo that, yeah. And I, I want that for you and <laughs> I, I want that, that for all of our listeners, yes, yes. for every single one of us, that, that God would remove any lack and scarcity that we place in our filter of him. Yeah. And that we would allow the fullness and the abundance of what he has for us to unfold in our lives, because there's more in you than you could realize. And you are worthy
1: of love. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Lori Boucher and Rhonda.corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most.